I've pulled up my minivan at Walmart. I've called them. I'm like, okay, I'm here for the pickup. Then I open my trunk and then I look inside and I have four bicycles sitting there. I'm like, where are the, where are the groceries going to go? Welcome to the Medical Dads Podcast, a parenting podcast by two dads who happen to be medical doctors. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Stuart Harmon, a pediatric emergency room physician and father of four from Ottawa, Ontario. I want to be in the podcast. Daddy, do you know what you're doing? Can I play a game on your computer? Daddy, where's mommy? And I'm your other co-host, Dr. David Shu, a family doctor from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome aboard. All right, we're back for another episode of Medical Dads. How are you doing over there, Stu? I'm hungry. I'm hungry thinking about tonight's topic. Perfect, perfect. Well, we thought that because because I actually sit around and look at our data, like the little analytics that Anchor provides us for our free podcast account. So I looked at the data and I knew that food episodes seem to do well you know like so in in terms of like our all-time rankings other than the first episode which was kind of like a novelty the most popular topic of all is diarrhea right (laughs) and then and then the second most popular topic obviously is covid so if we have covid in the title that's kind of a popular topic and then the third one is the food episode so we've had a few episodes where we talked about cooking and we talked about groceries and those are popular episodes so today in order Based on the data, we're going to give the people what they want. But clearly what the people want is diarrhea. Why aren't we doing a diarrhea part two, three, and four? We're going to talk about food in COVID leading to diarrhea. Like bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Excellent. It's funny. So somebody's kid could be playing with their phone and accidentally tap the play button for one of our podcasts like eight times in a row. And suddenly we think that's what people want to hear about. <laughs> It makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, we live in a foodie culture and people are worried about COVID and diarrhea is just hilarious. And everyone wants to listen to that, I guess. That, that's how it shakes down. But on a serious note, so what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to dive into life in the kitchen as dads once more. Right. Yeah. But more specifically, we're going to be looking at what's transpiring in the kitchen on a day to day basis over the last few months where we've been home with our families for the most of the time unable to access restaurants and takeout as easily as we used to. And we'll talk a little bit about some recipes and stuff that we've learned in the kitchen during that time. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds like a way to go. And then next week we can do the topic we've been saving as the real ratings grab when we do farts. (laughs) Oh, I'm an expert on that topic. (laughs) Just the other day, my daughter was like, daddy, can you stop? (laughs) Like you've been farting nonstop. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Is that a COVID problem? <laughs> it may be. If you listen to the recipes I'm going to present, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's related. It's all related. Awesome. Next, next week, how to, how to stop farting. <laughs> so before we get into the food thing, mm-hmm. I thought it might be fun just to t- chat a little bit about what's going on in our day-to-day lives yeah, you know, okay. at this point as dads. T- take five minutes away from the food part. So... My family, now we're recording this in early September, and my family has decided that the children are going to stay home for a while, right? To test out the waters and see what happens with this go back to school thing. So what that means is that they're doing virtual learning, right? And our school has like a virtual learning program where the teacher is beaming the, the class 
back to your home via yeah. Zoom, right? Which it's not too bad, but for my son who's in junior kindergarten, this is a bit of a challenge, right? Like any sort of learning at this age is tricky, but virtual learning is extra tricky at his age, right? And the school's being very good about it. They're like, you know, there's not going to be a lot of screen time, right? So basically what happens is the teacher gives some instructions and then I'm sitting next to him. So then I'll work with him on whatever has been handed out, right? Yeah. Which is all fun and games until you realize, until I realized that I'm like over 40 years old now. And it, it was not on my life plan to redo junior kindergarten at, at this point in my life. You know, like I never occurred to me that I had to sit through this again. I always figured I, I would have a second go around at kindergarten, actually. So, I think I could nail it this time. So, so, so it's one of the first couple of days of school. The teacher gives my son this like assignment, right? Like it's one of these like you're going to draw yourself. It's like an about me. My name is blank yeah. right so he's got this piece of paper and there's a big empty square so he starts drawing right i'm looking at i know i know how he draws right he draws like this this stick man right with large orbs for hands yeah right and the five fingers on each side oh, that's good and so i i know i know what to expect and, I, and then i'm watching him draw it and he finishes the man but it only takes up a little part of the of the piece of paper i'm like okay you start coloring that and I got, I guess I got distracted. Like I looked down on my cell phone for a second. Uh -huh. I look up again and the man is entirely blue. Like he took like a blue crayon and just smeared it all over <laughs> him, his pants, his shirt, like whatever he had drawn is now all blue and it's all outside the lines. It looks ridiculous, right? <laughs> so of course I'm, I snap at him like, what is that? Does that look like you at all? It's yeah. like a mess. What's quality of work is that? Right? So he looks at it. And I'm like, why don't you draw it over? Just draw another one next to it. So he looks at me. He's like, fine. He takes his crayon and draws a giant X <laughs> through the one that we didn't want. Right. He's like, I'm going to X this. Right. I'm like, okay, fine. Now he draws another man. So now there's another guy next to the original blue guy. Yeah. Right. Then I'm, then, then I look over at him. He's like, you know what? This is fun. I'm like, it is. Yeah. And then he starts drawing something else in the corner. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you drawing one a ghost? It looks like a Pac-Man ghost over there. He's like, this is skeleton, right? And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> because because the other day he uh, asked him and his sister asked me how to draw like a skull and crossbones, oh. right? Because <laughs> they were making pirate ship flags or something, <laughs> right? So now he's got this man with a bunch of skulls next to him, right? <laughs> and this is to hand into the teacher at school. This is to hand into the teacher. It's a, about me, right? <laughs> I'm like, he's got so bunch of skulls and then him. And then, then what he's, he's like, I'm going to put a pirate patch on him. So one of the eyes has like a see-through patch drawn it. I'm like, dude, you don't have a pirate patch, right? Right? And a pirate patch is like, and then he looks at me, he's like, fine he he then he draws a second pirate patch so now he's got a pair of glasses <laughs> on the guy right and i'm like hey why are you having glasses on you don't wear glasses he's like this guy watched too much tv that's why oh. he needs glasses right i'm looking at this i'm like oh man this is this this is my kid is gonna be this trouble this is trouble right and it, and this all ties together because I, th I don't know if you remember this story, but when we were in medical school back in the day, uh -huh. I think I've told you this before. There was one day where I was sitting next to this girl in our class named Sadika, who yeah. had, she was an art therapist before she went to medical school. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, I don't know, I was like 20 something, very bored in class. So I used to doodle all the time on the side of my paper, right? So 
I I for some reason decided to doodle Hannibal Lecter, you know, with the goalie <laughs> mask, yeah. right? And then the other thing that I tend to doodle, even though I'm very against violence, I'm really a pacifist, but I started doodling like the barrel of a shotgun, right? <laughs> like, you know how in the video game Doom, like there's a shotgun pointing at the screen? So she looks over, she's like, you know, I'm an art therapist major. And you're drawing these like mass freaks and guns on your page. I might have to like call somebody about this. Right? You think you're a pacifist, but the art doesn't lie. <laughs> no, I don't think it lies, but I'm looking at this skull and crossbones <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I, I know where he's getting this from. <laughs> this is the kid who asked me a few days ago, daddy, can I have a gun, a real what? gun? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what do you know about guns? I mean, I think he meant water gun. Right. But I'm like, I don't know where he's getting this from the media because I, I, we control the media in our house that he's <laughs> able to see. But this is a mess. <laughs> so what, what exactly did he want with the gun? He, he wants a gun. He, he, wants... he wants an eye patch. He wants a face mask. He's going to rob a bank. <laughs> he wants a water gun, I guess. He wants to hose down some bankers. <laughs> You realize the reason the teacher probably gives this assignment of have the kid draw themselves is because they want to see if any red flags for child abuse or neglect come up. <laughs> they're going to see this. They're going to be like, this is exactly what we were looking for. Oh, yeah. Parent abuse. That's, that's exactly what they're going to see. Parent abuse. There's a pirate running amok in my household. You know, there's something called the draw man test. And I think now it's called the draw person test. But it was originally called the draw man test. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a type of intelligent test where you ask kids at certain ages to draw the most detailed picture of a person they can, and then you sort of give them points for everything that they draw. So mm. a more intelligent kid will draw hands uh, that are distinct from the rest of the arms, and then even more intelligent kid will actually draw the fingers, and then right. all down to these details. So actually going as far as drawing the skeleton, uh, that, that, <laughs> that may actually mean that your child belongs in the gifted class. <laughs> It wasn't a full skeleton. It's just the skull. It's just like the Punisher logo, basically. That's the extent of my ability to draw a skull. Well, if nothing less, if or if nothing else, then this can go into his portfolio when he applies for his job at Marvel Comics. Oh my! Oh my! So, anyways, back to our topic at hand: food. Food. Perhaps if we give your kid some nutrition, he'll be able to focus on his assignment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that's the problem. <laughs> you know, they call it like virtual school or virtual education or virtual learning. And it's just mm-hmm. funny because the term virtual, you know, means like almost, you know, did, did you learn anything? <laughs> well, I, I virtually learned something today. I, I didn't actually learn anything, but you know, I virtually learned something. <laughs> well put, well put. Maybe that's why they're trying to transition to calling it online learning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they figured this out. We were going to call it pseudo-learning, but we thought that was a bit too on the nose. And ersatz learning also seemed to maybe tip our hand a bit. Online learning, that's what we're calling it. Indeed, indeed. But yes, to food. <laughs> to food. So in terms of food, this whole period of time, like the last six months, has caused this dramatic revolution in our kitchen. Right. Okay. I don't know about in your household, but everything is different than before from the way we get groceries to the who's making the food yeah. to what we eat to how often we eat out, which is very almost never. Right. right. Like this is just a dramatic overhaul of our lifestyle. Right. And I think that's true for most parents in North America, at least for parts of this pandemic. 
yeah, I'd say that's that's probably true for us as well. I mean, it's maybe not quite as dramatic, although now it's been so long since we've eaten at a restaurant that we actually feel that and miss that. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we really, you know, I really would like to go back to a restaurant. Um, so that, that's noticeably different. And just that before, you know, before the kids were in regular school and we were going to work as usual. And so meals had to be a lot more organized and planned. Uh, Mm -hmm. whereas now, I mean, up until now, the kids are now going to be going back to school in the next couple of days, but throughout this super extended summertime, uh, with grocery shops being limited, uh, meals were a lot more like, oh, well, let's just see what we have today, uh, Mm -hmm. over and over again until you sort of run out of food. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean if we took it back to the beginning part about the buying of groceries like at some point i basically said i'm not going back to the store anymore right yeah unless there's some dire situation right yeah and so most of my groceries just being purchased once a week through a retailer you know like we do walmart once a week we do a chinese grocery store and either we pick it up in one of their one of those pickup parking spots yeah. or they deliver to our house either way works for me and i'm like this is the best part of the revolution right because yeah. you don't know how much time i used to spend procuring groceries <laughs> i mean i think we talked about it at some point on an episode like this was a huge task yeah. right and suddenly there's no need to ever go inside a store and there is a bit of a trade-off because there are a lot of us out there who are like i don't i want to pick my own groceries like yes. i'm finicky about that yeah and it is true like when you when you buy like someone else is picking it for you maybe it's not the exact watermelon you would have chosen for yourself right and yeah. there have been times we've gotten items that you know these items aren't exactly what we wanted or they're defective and we had to get a refund or whatever but by and large the trade-off of time saved <laughs> versus occasional annoyance at the broccoli not being super fresh yeah. is worth it to me. Like, it's ridiculous. I, I probably spent, like, a good at least half a day buying groceries once a week, you know, like half a full a four hours. Holy right? smokes. Yeah, because you would go, you'd have to go to more than one store, right? What? <laughs> you, would go, you would go grocery shopping at multiple stores? Okay, well, first of all, this is the part of the Asian-Canadian experience, right? Oh, you have yes. to do the Asian grocery store and then do the Canadian grocery store, right? right? That's do, the minimum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then sometimes you might have to stop at the Greek store, <laughs> the South Indian store. Yeah, it's a very, it's like you need, and then you need the deals, right? So for my parents, it's always like this store's got a deal for that item. So we're, can we hit that one on the way home? So I'm like, we just did groceries for four hours. You want me to go to another store <laughs> just for this one item, right? Because for some reason, the price of gasoline never figures into any of these calculations, <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm always like the one driving. So I'm reminding him, like, you realize how much gas costs, right? To <laughs> so save five cents on apples. <laughs> <laughs> but now all of that is in the past because not going to the store, right? So, so it's, do you, it's fantastic. Do you now all, like still order a, a food order from the Chinese grocery store and then a food order from the Canadian grocery store? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. It covers all our bases. Yeah. Right. And and here's the other one. Like I'm not historically. Historically, I was not a Walmart guy. You know, like I went to school at Cornell, upstate New York. Uh-huh. And it's like a it's like a hippie town, right? The rest right. of upstate New York is like a Republican red, you know, farmer state, except for New York City and the little town that Cornell is in, Ithaca. And so when I went to school there, I learned Walmart is bad. Like Walmart kept trying to move in to Ithaca and the city kept blocking it, right? Oh, okay. Because of all the reasons, like, you know, it's it the takes away jobs from 
Yeah. Wages are low, takes jobs away from the local economy, blah, blah, blah. They don't allow unionized workers. And I, I'm all for all that stuff. Like I'm pretty liberal. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't knock the fact that these groceries are like 20% cheaper than the groceries that these other grocery stores we used to shop at. And we weren't Walmart groceries shoppers before. Like before the pandemic, my wife would be like, why don't we try shopping at Walmart? And I get this look on my face like, oh, come on. Let's go to a real grocery store. Like I want my, I want my nice hams or my nice like prosciutto, right? They don't have that at Walmart. Well, you know what I learned during the pandemic is they have all that stuff at Walmart. <laughs> it's pretty much the same. <laughs> it, it wasn't the retiree second career door greeters that uh, that pulled you back into Walmart. Or <laughs> no, I don't Walmart. go into the store. I never go oh. back in. I'm just strictly outside. You know, yeah. you could even say I'm not actually shopping in Walmart, right? I'm just yeah. shopping through Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're talking about Walmart and grocery pickup, I got to say, I love the Walmart commercial where they've got uh, the van from Scooby-Doo, the Batmobile, and the car from Ghostbusters, Ecto-1, using the, the the Walmart pickup service. Google that one if you haven't seen it. My car, I've been, I've pulled up my minivan at Walmart. Yeah. I've called them. I'm like, okay, I'm here for the pickup. Then I open my trunk, and then I look inside, and I have four bicycles sitting there. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Where are the where are the groceries gonna go, right? Well, that's the Walmart guy's problem. He's got to stack <laughs> yeah, that in. They there. need a TV commercial about this. So then I have to like rearrange the bicycles. Like, luckily, my children are small, so their bikes can kind of squeeze into the front area. And then the guy comes up with the groceries. I'm like, yeah, just try to slide that underneath the big wheels of my wife's bike. <laughs> awesome. On the spot, you're also buying a roof yeah. rack that day. <laughs> Do you sell roof racks? Because some of those groceries are gonna have to go on the roof. But. Walmart has been a lifesaver. It has gotten us through the pandemic. I wholeheartedly support the fact that, you know, they're out there and their workers are working hard. Like big business questions and ethics aside, like, you know, can't knock that it's delivering for us. <laughs> I mean, anyone who, who would have done that job in the past is, has been driven out of business like decades ago. Walmart's <laughs> been around so long. It's, it's already achieved. It's, it's all its nefarious goals. <laughs> But you so, know, our our experience with the online shopping hasn't been as positive uh, for the mm, groceries. Ah, uh, you're one of the pickier people, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe we just have hadn't had as good an experience because the people choosing our groceries aren't as good. But it's very frustrating when you order a box of Cheerios and you find they've substitute President's Choice Fruity-Os. <laughs> you know? um, wait, wait, wait. There's a button for that. For products that you really are finicky about, you just hit no substitutes for that product. I guess you don't realize you're picky until they substitute it with something <laughs> horrible. Or like you order vegetables and they give it to you and they're, they're full on rotten. <laughs> you know, you're like, I didn't order a green soup. Wait a minute. This is like the parsley that we ordered. So so this begs the question, which store have you been shopping at? That's the question our audience wants to know. This is from Loblaws. Uh, see, Loblaws, for the Americans out there, is the biggest grocery chain in, in Canada, right? And... It is very overpriced as a general thing, right? Yeah. The thing Under with the Loblaws, it's part of the whole superstore presence choice uh, conglomerate. Yeah. And so you get points for shopping there and you can get a credit card that gives you points. And these points actually can add up to an enormous amount of money. You know, at the end mm -hmm. of the year, you go to do the Christmas grocery, Christmas grocery shopping with all the points you've collected through your credit card. And we're talking, you know, $1,500 uh, of free groceries, uh, which you are actually paying for with all the marked up stuff. You know, <laughs> by the time you've bought 1,500 items over the course of the year at, you know, you know, 25% uh, extra the price that it should have been, you, you've actually, you've actually yeah, paid for I those mean, points. Loblaws is just a pricey store. And 
in terms of freshness of produce and stuff, I don't think it's the top. It's the yeah. it's the best. So it kind of doesn't live up to the the price that it it's it's asking for, in my opinion. Like we shopped there semi regularly before the pandemic, yeah. because it was very close to like you know the church and sort of near our house. Yeah. But since the pandemic said we have stopped that one. We did go one day because there were a few items we just could not get through Walmart. Yeah. So at one point we we're like, you know what, we're in saving up these items. We really need to go to Loblaws to get them. Yeah. And so we ordered them and. The, the lady who called, like when I called and the lady was so excited, she was like, you have a perfect order today. Right. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, there's no substitutions. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's a thing. Like, I didn't know that that was like a thing. I felt really pleased. Like we chose the right items and everything was in stock. Right. For such a perfect order, you get this T-shirt. It says perfect order today. Yeah, it was still expensive though, still expensive. Yeah. And then Walmart fixed that problem. The the active dry yeast is available now on oh, their website. Yes. <laughs> Were all your previous orders for flour, yeast, and toilet paper? <laughs> Once again, no, we, we are substituting Mr. Clean Magic Erasers <laughs> because there is no toilet paper. I mean, overall, I would say the online shopping has been a plus for us. We've okay, I, I don't think we've gone in the store much at all since then, right? Yeah. And only in the last bit of August, you know, my mom and mother-in-law, there's been some some more going into the stores a little bit, yeah. quickly grabbing a few items that we need. So I, I feel like overall the technology and everything has lived up to what we needed in 2020 with online ordering and virtual shopping. Like it's been a, it's been decent. I will definitely continue to do this after the pandemic. Yeah. Well, uh, you know the online grocery shopping has been a supplement for us. It, it's been, mm. it's not been a, a thing that we hate or that we don't use at all. And my wife mm. actually likes it quite a bit, uh, but it hasn't, hasn't completely replaced our grocery shopping. And to be right. fair, we have a grocery store, a five minute drive from our house. We have a fresh go grocery store, five minutes from the house where if you go in the morning, you can go and it's not crowded at all. Mm. You can go in and out without barely seeing another person sometimes. Um, right. And I, I, I do enjoy that aspect of going in and then seeing things on the shelf that you wouldn't have bought or thought to buy before, then you see it like, ah, yeah, actually, I will, I will get this. <laughs> yes, yes, that that is the thing about grocery shopping. The thing I miss the most is the magazine rack. You know, there's that yeah. one aisle in Loblaws that has nothing but magazines, right? Yeah. And because bookstores are so hard to find now, this is literally the only magazine rack I can easily access during the course of my week as a dad normally, right? Yeah. So I end up buying groceries and then picking up this random like hockey news. Like, I don't know. I haven't watched Hockey Night in Canada in years, but I need to read the hockey news once in a while. And that is missing. And I'm looking at the Loblaws website. I'm like, their magazines are not on the webpage. Like, why can't they add the magazines to the grocery list? That, that and I might come back. You have to get a subscription to one of these online magazine services. And then while picking groceries and checking out, you can have another window open and read the magazine, pretend you're standing in line waiting. <laughs> no, you cannot read a magazine online. That is the, that's the annoying thing about it, right? Like I cannot read a magazine on an iPad, right? That, that is the ultimate problem of this. Is that because you like to read on the toilet and you don't want to bring your laptop in with you? No, I have no problem bringing the iPod, iPad into the toilet, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man so that's that's a bit about grocery procurement <laughs> talked about getting the groceries uh but uh should we talk a little bit about what we're what we're actually eating and how that's changed <laughs> 
Well, the big thing is what we're not eating, right? We're not eating out as much, mm-hmm. right? So there was a long period of time where we weren't even doing takeout. And now we're doing a little bit of takeout, but we're definitely not going out to restaurants. Like there used yeah. to be all these social gatherings, right? Like we'll meet up with some parents for a meal with kids, right? Or we'll yeah. meet up with some friends we haven't seen in a while. Or we'll have the weekly family Chinese restaurant meal, right? Yeah. All these things are axed. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the from a medical perspective, we are far healthier now than we were six months ago. My sodium levels are great. My cholesterol is probably better, although my starch intake is higher than before. <laughs> you know, we had to put a fair amount of work into training our kids to have good restaurant behavior, to make them kids you could bring to a restaurant. Seems right. like all that effort was wasted now. <laughs> yes. We went a long period of time without eating out and not having much fast food. And then finally, like in late August, I don't know what what happened, but we went cycling one morning and it got to be like 12 o'clock and we were out in a part of Toronto that's a little far from our house. So we're like, you know what's around here? There's a Jollibee around here. Have you heard of Jollibee? No. Okay. Jollibee is a chain of... It's a chain restaurant from the Philippines. It's like a fast food restaurant from the Philippines. Okay. Their trademark is... Diarrhea. is this no their trademark is this fried chicken it's like a bucket of fried chicken battered fried chicken it is the greatest fried chicken in the world really right? I, I don't care i don't need them to give me money i endorse this product right <laughs> like i think there's some people in kentucky right now being like wait a minute did he just say the greatest fried chicken in the world <laughs> some people in kentucky kentucky fried chicken is okay okay i like fried chicken but this is way better than kentucky fried chicken and oh, if you look wow. it up it's like this worldwide chain. Like this is the one export product of the Philippines that has just taken over. Like, you know, it's one of the biggest chains in the world. That and nannies are the two things. That <laughs> yeah, that could... I said one of. It's not the biggest, <laughs> right? <laughs> but so we went to this place and then we had to we had to do the whole like virtual ordering. And uh, we ordered from the car and then we had to get in this line. And then you had to get into the restaurant really quickly while I'm wearing my visor to pay. Right. We come home and I don't know if it was because we'd been riding our bikes all morning or it was just getting pretty late because we couldn't open the food until like 1.30 by the time we got home. But that was the best chicken I ever had in my life. It was so good. But if you ever get a chance to try Jollibee, try the spicy one. The non-spicy one, I would say, is above average, but the spicy one really hits the spot. Okay. I really badly want to have this chicken now. <laughs> not only that. Okay, so my children, they're not even chicken people. Like, they'll eat a bit of the fried chicken. They, they like it. Yeah. But they also have this uh, Filipino-style spaghetti, which is just like a... Re- it's an absurd <laughs> dish. It's like spaghetti with sweetened ketchup tomato sauce. Okay. Which is kids just gobble this stuff up, right? Yeah. So, so if you have a picky eater and you're kind of always thinking when you go out, like, Am I, is my kid going to eat anything at this place? Don't worry, they, we got them covered here, right? They got you got your sweetened spaghetti. There's like hamburgers uh-huh. and this chicken, like it's unbelievable. So, but short of that, we have really not been eating out that much, right? Yeah. So we were allowed this one cheat meal, which just got out of control. Sugar spaghetti, good and good for you. <laughs> Well, uh, here's something that we certainly weren't really doing very much before coronavirus that now has become a little bit more routine is these uh, good food boxes. There's many different brands. Good food is one of them. Uh, HelloFresh, I think, is another brand. Right. But uh, leading up to the pandemic, I was actually getting quite a few offers to try this thing, coupons. I'd open my mail sometimes and somehow in the envelope of another, like, letter, somehow a... uh, uh, 
a gift card for this good mm. food somehow got in there. Like I, I think the good food people were opening my mail and, and putting their stuff inside <laughs> it. So this is the thing where they would they send you the ingredients and a recipe, right? So everything's in the box. That's right. And you just have to cook it up quickly. That's right. Yeah, I guess I should refer to these as meal boxes and people might know what I'm mm. talking about. But that's it exactly. You get a cardboard box that usually has some sort of thing in it that keeps the food cold when they drop it off on your doorstep. Mm. And then when you open it, a recipe, uh, the portions, and you, you shouldn't need to add anything from your own kitchen other than sometimes salt, pepper, and maybe butter. Mm. So I've heard about these. Give me the give me the lowdown. Like, should I be trying it? Like, how much does it cost? Like, you know, what's your overall take on it? Uh, okay, the cost, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's something along the lines of eighty dollars for two meals. Okay, and so that, that's not too bad. It's better than eating out. Maybe a little. It's more expensive than if you procured everything yourself, obviously. Yeah, and there is something kind of fun, I guess, about making the meal together with your spouse. Mm -hmm. um, although I do find that eventually the novelty of basically having to make another meal does wear off a little bit. <laughs> but uh, the the one that we've been using the most, which I think is the HelloFresh one, mm -hmm. uh, that one, the, the, the meals that you end up making do always feel like a little bit better than what you would have made yourself if you had just looked up a recipe. <laughs> and you, you sort of how do about it... Healthy, how about health-wise? Is it healthy or is there a lot of salt? Like what, what, are, what are you making? I think the meals are fairly healthy and you can sort of choose how much, like there's a range of stuff that you can choose from usually. But yeah, mm -hmm. for the most part, pretty balanced in terms of it's not just you're getting meat and uh, and carbs. <laughs> <laughs> usually the, meat, the, the meals fairly heavily favor uh, See, the vegetables. That, that should be our thing. If we ever get into making meal boxes for dads, like the medical dad <laughs> meal boxes, it's going to be carb heavy fried chicken. <laughs> Right. That's right. It's going to be one of those things where someone is walking up to their doorstep and they slip and they're like, oh, the medical dad's meal box must be here because there's grease all over the steps. <laughs> My shoes smell like bacon. I can't wait to get inside and eat this thing. Yeah, I can't wait till we start making those boxes. But yeah, the these ones, um, let's see, we had one tonight and it was, it was Kung Pao chicken, I think is what the was what it was wow, sold Chinese as. food. But actually, the, uh, I have to say, this tasted nothing or looked nothing like Chinese food. Yeah, I was going to say, no real Chinese person ever eats something called Kung Pao chicken anyway. <laughs> but it was a chicken that you get, the chicken that you cube up, uh, and then it has a seasoning and a, and a kind of mm. glaze that goes on it. Uh, and then uh, rice with toasted nuts and uh, trying to remember what the vegetables were. were. I think it was maybe zucchini and uh, peppers and something else. So it's uh, like a separate dish, the vegetables. Uh, well, in this particular one, you make the rice, you do up your vegetables, and then you put the rice and the vegetables together, and then you put the meat on top. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes the meal will be sort of two dishes, one main part and then a salad or something like that. And when you buy it, you're buying just this one meal, or are you buying like a box of several meals together? Uh, usually you'll get like two meals at a time, okay. uh, but you, you can buy a single meal, but we'll often get two at a time. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, it's sort of, it takes, it's nice because you sit down ahead of time and you choose what box you're going to have. Uh, mm. So then when the day comes, you don't have that, oh, okay, oh, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? 
Um, or that thing of like, oh yeah, I bought a few ingredients for this thing. Let's see if we have all the bits we need. So when does the box show up? It shows up that day or it shows up way in advance? Uh, it shows up, uh, like you get one box and then that would be your, maybe your meal for the week or so. Okay. So like we'll, on Thursday, we'll get a box that has two meals in it. And then you right. could eat it that night or you could eat it you know, the next night. But I think they deliver it once a week or maybe twice a week if you want it more often. Okay. okay. Um, but I, so anyway, it's, it's mostly a novelty, I think, is that it's kind of fun. And I think mm-hmm. my wife was, was saying already was already fatigued with having to think of meals and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, and so I think she just enjoyed this as an experience. And then uh, the food doesn't disappoint as opposed right. to being something where the food is so amazing, you have to do this, or something where having your food pre-assembled is so great that you want to do it. It's, right. uh, it's more that novelty of doing something a little bit new with food that actually is pretty decent. All right. So overall, yay or nay? Uh, yay. I would say right. yay for the food boxes, but it's not going to be your new way of eating every night. Okay. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. That's, that's, that's helpful. Have yeah. you changed anything? Have you go ahead? Oh, just the one last one thing about those boxes is that often there's offers where somebody can send you uh, an opportunity to try one for free. So mm-hmm. if you look around, I'm sure you'll be able to find an ex- a chance to try one out for free for yourself. It's definitely worth trying it out for free and okay. seeing if you like it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Maybe we'll give it a shot. That is not something that I normally would go for, but given the state of like being at home for so long, it just <laughs> exactly. might make the list. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. What else is what else has changed about, about your eating for COVID? Mm, well, the the amount of time we have for meals has changed in a good way. You mm-hmm. know, like especially for the children. Like during the school year, I don't know how the children eat lunch. Yeah, well, actually, I know my daughter would just frequently not eat lunch and bring it back home, and then we'd have an we'd have an argument about this. Yeah. But during COVID, you know, we're able to make a hot lunch. And we have a long period of time. We have like an hour to eat it or 40 minutes to eat lunch, right? Yeah. As a family, yeah. right? And so it's just been, that has been a real positive <laughs> about about this time period is that, you know, we've had more time for lunch. Like we've, we're not going anywhere in the morning, so we have more time for breakfast, Yeah. right? So I do feel like we're, you know, if we think about meals as bonding time and, you know, time to talk and all that, yeah. we're getting a good value of the <laughs> amount of that at this point. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I got to say, uh, that can't be understated how nice it is to be having more meals with my kids because now mm. there's all these lunches where we sit together. And I think we've talked about this on the show before, but mealtime is such an amazing opportunity for the family to bond, to hear mm. about what your kids have to say, uh, all right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that has been a real positive. And I, and I, I feel like they're eating better. You know, I, there's less unfinished food. And we're able to, you know, make stuff that they like. Because a lot of times if we're sending them out for lunch or something at school, we're kind of, we have to make something that'll keep. And there's only so many options, right? Yeah. Whereas now we're in the kitchen, we have time. It's just much more life. It's it's just a much more balanced lifestyle from that standpoint. But it is more work, right? So you kind of realize you end up spending about 40 minutes in the kitchen at least to prepare each of these meals like three yeah. times a day. <laughs> well, that's, that's something that's definitely different during coronavirus. It'll now mm-hmm. be the middle of the week. It'll be a Thursday. And my kid's saying, Dad, what's for breakfast? I'm saying, what's for breakfast? It's the <laughs> middle of the week. It's cereal. Why are you asking me that? Every day you go and pour yourself a bowl of cereal. That's breakfast. But no, now they're spoiled. Yeah. What's for cereal? Oh, cereal. Why not waffles? 
<laughs> Why not waffles? It's a Tuesday. <laughs> waffles are a Sunday thing, maybe a Saturday thing. But no, waffles on Tuesday, pancakes on Wednesday, crepes on a Thursday. Well, you gotta you gotta give them credit. Like they've been at home all summer. What's the difference to them a Tuesday and a Saturday and a Friday? <laughs> That's true. One long, never-ending summer since since the middle of March. <laughs> Now they're yeah, expecting so, complete. So some breakfast. of the some of the food choices have changed, and you're eating a little bit better, right? Which is the nice thing about about this pandemic is that those of us that are able to like spend the extra time at home a bit, we are able to whip up some stuff that is a little bit better than the stuff that we packing them out the door with on That's a regular right. school day. And at this point in the pandemic, there aren't these huge uh, scarcities of food items that there were in, you know, at the beginning, where you couldn't right. get flour right. and you couldn't get yeast. Right. So one thing that I've discovered that was not something that we ever used to make before was hamburgers, you know, like actually uh. making your own patty. Like, I, I don't know why, but over the years, I, I actually would go to the grocery store and like look at hamburger patties, you know, the yeah. pre-made ones yeah, and be like, should I buy that? Or sometimes the frozen ones, like we ended up having a bunch of frozen patties in our freezer. Yeah. And then I, we talked about this on another episode, but we bought this like cast iron skillet. Right. Right. And then part of the novelty of that is you can just grill burger patties on on the cast iron. Right. Yeah. And it comes off really good. Now, the thing about this is that I can whip up these hamburgers like lightning. I'm like all these years. I did not understand this. I did not understand why white people loved hamburgers. Right. As an Asian, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a hamburger. This is fast food. I ain't cooking fast food. Right. <laughs> There was one night where we decided to go bike riding with some friends and the bike ride was going to start at 530 and uh -huh. we were going to get home at 7, 730. Right. Yeah. And so that's over the time of cooking dinner, which was like, how on earth are we going to pull this off? Right. Yeah. And the only preparation I had was I had taken out a box of ground meat and sat it on the counter so it melted. That was the only preparation <laughs> we did. And then we were coming back from the bike ride and I was like, well, we could go to McDonald's. Right. Yeah. Or I can do something with that ground meat, yeah. right? And I'm like, you know what? If Actually, going for takeout, even at McDonald's, is not that fast right now. You know, like there's a huge line because everyone can't go into the restaurant or doesn't want to go into the restaurant. So the yeah. drive-thru has got 12 cars in it, yeah. right? And every time we drive, sometimes we've been like, should we go get an ice cream cone? And the line's too long, we head back, right? So I'm like, you know what? It might be faster if I just make the burgers at home. And it is. All you do is you take the meat, Put a little salt, maybe a little onion if you're inspired. Yeah. Right. Roll into these patties, four or five minutes on each side at high heat on the grill. It's yeah. done. You slap a piece of cheese on it and some ketchup, and you got burgers. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, I'm totally on board with this. You know, when we were saying, okay, we're gonna do recipes, or our dad's talking about food <laughs> part two. I'm thinking, okay, well, what recipes have I? Do I like that I make at the house as opposed to my wife making? That we haven't talked about before, and that was actually on my on my list is to talk about hamburgers. Once you make your own hamburgers, it's not that you'll never eat at McDonald's again, but you definitely think twice about ever buying frozen patties again, because you could just well, buy the ground meat. And well, you look at the McDonald's it. burger and you're like, you know, like they make such a big deal about the quarter pounder. Like this is like a large amount of meat. Yeah. Like honestly, the quarter pound. Like I buy one pack of ground beef right yeah. i divide it into four pieces each one is a quarter pounder big whoop-de-doo right <laughs> that's right yeah in fact when you make your own burgers it's actually hard to make them less than a quarter pound they usually yeah. more than a quarter pound <laughs> so that's the impressive thing about the quarter pounder is that they actually manage to to make something that's a quarter pound of meat that somehow weighs less than a quarter of a pound <laughs> now now the thing that i have discovered that is 
kind of crazy is that if you use ground turkey or ground chicken, uh-huh. those burgers are actually pretty decent too. They taste very similar to beef. The difference, I mean, there is a slight difference, obviously. I'm not a food idiot. <laughs> I was <laughs> right? say. But the difference is small and it's and in, if you're a re- if you're a person that really doesn't like red meat you know uh-huh. and then there are people out there and i'm one of them where i don't want to eat a ton of red meat i'm not going to eat red meat like three times a, you know three steaks a week or something right, right? yeah so if you want to just sneak in like a turkey burger once in a while it's easy and it tastes almost the same right interesting and you're <laughs> sure that covid hasn't just robbed you of your sense of smell and taste because that is a symptom. no 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 i i'm a i am a true foodie i'm a yeah. true foodie but i'm coming at it from the angle where i do want to care i do care about my children's health to some degree <laughs> you know yeah. so we, we we you know we feel actually okay eating turkey you know semi-regularly it's not a bad thing uh okay you know what i'm gonna actually give this a try sometime i'm gonna try getting some of this ground turkey or ground chicken i mean it probably tastes the same as ground beef because only 20 percent of ground beef is beef anyway so you know substitute that for 20 percent turkey if you're gonna do that i would recommend turkey i like the turkey a little bit better than the chicken i find that interesting because normally uh i would if i had to sit down and taste the two i would say that turkey is kind of dry compared to chicken it's just sort of cultural that we eat it at all these major holidays well but then you think about it turkey burgers is a thing like you have heard of it right like turkey burgers exist at the store you rarely ever hear about chicken burgers right that's just not a thing that any any restaurant or a fast food place can make they have to do a chicken fillet or a chicken breast or a grilled chicken instead because grilled chicken is a bit harder so i think there is a difference yeah i guess that's true i'm just trying to think of mcdonald's as the example there's the mcchicken sandwich which is like a giant chicken nugget more or less on a yeah. on a bun uh, then they had some kind of step up from that that looks like sort of look like some kind of chicken breast that has probably mm-hmm. artificial yeah, these, these are the parts of the menu that we never eat <laughs> that's right but i don't think there's a mcturkey burger at least no, not in this no. country no no there, there is not but you can get turkey burgers like if you go to longo's it's one of the kinds of burger patties that you can buy on a regular basis okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give this a try and then i'll report <laughs> back on the show how the turkey burgers so, went. So let's let's finish talking about burgers because now I'm like into burgers. Okay. Like, and since you guys, burgers was on your list, what do you put on the burger? Or how do you season the meat? What do you put on the burger to, to amp up your game a little bit? Okay, so super simple to make burgers. And the big thing for me is I, I, I want it that when it's cooked, it's not going to be dry. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're using two pounds of ground beef, uh, put in that one beaten egg, three quarters a cup of dry breadcrumbs. And I like to use the panko crumbs. Mm-hmm. Um Put three tablespoons of milk, or if you have uh, cream or condensed milk, then all the better. Two Mm -hmm. tablespoons of Worcester sauce, you know, Mm -hmm. like Lee and Perrin's Worcester sauce or any brand of Worcester sauce. Uh, You can put in a little bit of cyan pepper if you want to make it spicy. And then two cloves of garlic. Chop up into like little tiny little pieces, two cloves of garlic. Mix Mm -hmm. all that together, form that into your patties. And then, like you said, put it on the barbecue or the the skillet, uh, you know, about five to seven minutes per side mm-hmm. um and then it won't, people may not have heard this by the time the episode airs but if you have a meat thermometer as, as you've <laughs> described in the last episode we recorded then then you're really golden anyhow uh that's it that's all it takes to, for, to make the burger and then on the on the actual what i put in the burger where you dress the burger with mm-hmm. i like to put lettuce onions tomato uh, ketchup mustard mayonnaise 
Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, oh, and then of course, I like the melt cheese on the burger while it's still on the yes, grill. Yes, the cheese is key. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big part of it. So anyway, that's my that's my sort of easy, quick go to. That's like medical dad's burger that I make all the time, and uh, the kids like it. Uh, my wife loves it. Um, and if you want to make it extra fun for kids, you can make the burgers extra small and put them right. on those little mini slider buns. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Not bad. Okay. I will try that because I've been making them pretty simple with just like some salt and a little bit of garlic and onion and maybe a little bit of uh, dried parsley, but I will add some of this other stuff to it. And see so you don't goes. put a, an egg or any milk in it? No, I don't. That, that I think that might be what makes it come as more like seemingly juicy. So mm, interesting. Yeah, I, interesting. I mean, the, the crazy thing about this is like, I used to go to like this burger shop nearby, like, you know, one of these neighborhood hamburger places. And now I'm like, I can make the same item for almost no cost at home. <laughs> right. And it's, yeah. it's not, it's even faster than me going, right. I right. just heat up the skillet, right. If I go to the store and order a burger, they still got to make it for me. Right. <laughs> so there's not even any time savings. Like this, this, there are some nice parts about eating at home. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the burgers that I make, I would definitely say they're better than, than any frozen burger I've ever now, bought. Now, here's the question, though. Like when I go to a hamburger shop, I don't just eat a hamburger. I always have to get French fries or some side with it. Right. And yeah. sometimes actually the side is actually what I care about more than the burger itself. <laughs> so when you eat this at home with your family, what do you put with the burger? Or are we just doing burgers and that's it? I mean, sometimes if we're just trying to be quick. We'll just do like the McCain super fries or any mm-hmm. brand of frozen fries. You just put them, they could be cooking in the oven while you're making the burger. But mm-hmm. when on the night when we were trying to go a little fancier or when we want to up our game, we'll make sweet potato fries. Okay. Yeah, you know, and they're not that hard to make. You basically just take a, a, a sweet potato, peel it, cut it into little pieces, put some oil on it and some salt on it and put that in the oven. Um, <laughs> tends to come out pretty nice. Then- does that work for french fries like can you do that with a regular potato uh i mean you can do that with a regular potato but it's gonna be uh kind of hard by like when it comes out it's gonna be still kind of crunchy oh i guess because because the sweet potato is so much softer it'll just it'll just sort of melt itself a little bit that's right so when you make a sweet potato fry it's not gonna be like a french fry where it's got a like a crust around the outside with the potato in the middle Mm -hmm. um and that, I mean, unless you fry it, actually. It's actually so fried. how long do you how long do you do to do how long in the oven to get the sweet potato fry? Uh, about forty minutes or so. About forty minutes. Okay, yeah. that you know what I'm gonna try that because <laughs> yeah. I've been I'm looking for a side dish to go with this thing. What I've because I I've we've tried making French fries like to go the full mile and you know looked up an internet recipe for French fries. And yeah. it was a huge headache. Like by the time you're done, you're like you're exhausted, yeah. right? And so so avoiding french fries what i've been doing with hamburgers is making home fries right like cutting cutting the potatoes into like little squares and then stir frying them with some onion and salt and stuff which tastes okay yeah but you know what if we can do sweet potato fries that might be the thing okay yeah i think you'll like i think you'll like it i think the (laughs) sweet potato fries will i think you'll like them Mm. so and i didn't tell you the temperature but like uh if you don't want them to be too soggy and stuff we usually put them in at 4 425 Okay, got it, got it. Wonderful. Oh, it was, since we're kind of talking about things like meats and uh, and barbecue s things, uh, the other recipe that um, takes a bit of preparation ahead of time, but that gives a pretty good result with not too much work, is making uh, ribs. You know, like a, a rack of ribs type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, a rack of ribs. 
So uh, a rack of ribs is not usually too expensive to buy if you're not buying the one that's pre-boxed and that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, but if you just buy some ribs, so super easy recipe. Yes. You uh, you take uh, sheets of tin foil and you spray it with Pam uh, cooking spray. Mm-hmm. Then you take your rib uh, and you know you cut the ribs so that they'll fit like wrapped up in this tin foil. You put it on the tin foil. Then you take whatever barbecue sauce you like. Choose any barbecue sauce that you're a fan of. That just comes barbecue, <laughs> and pour that on the ribs. Right? Like mm-hmm. cover, smother the thing in the barbecue sauce. Both co- r- nice, cover it up both sides. Nice and thick. Then wrap up the tin foil, and you know just put it in the fridge until you're ready for it the next day. Um, mm. The next morning, you put that in the uh, oven for uh, two and a half hours on at 300 degrees, uh, and then mm. sort of at the end of the two and a half hours, you might want to unwrap it from the foil, uh, put a little extra barbecue sauce on it, and uh, uh, carefully broil it a little bit so mm. that you like kind of caramelize the barbecue sauce a bit without right. b- burning it and you're done. Hmm. Yeah. But you, you do have to, you have to plan ahead because the, the things do need to sit wrapped in the sauce, marinating a little bit, you know, for overnight's ideal, you know, eight hours would be like kind of the minimum I'd recommend. So you hmm. make that the night before and then you put that in the oven the next day. Interesting. So, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to try that. I like, this is actually why I like this recipes episodes, because I really need to pick your brain to learn these other da- white dad recipes <laughs> or white black dad recipes. That's right. I mean, I don't know how many other people are, are making their ribs this way, but for, for the result that you get, if you like your ribs to be the type of thing that they're really uh, moist and sort of fall off the bone, or when you pick mm-hmm. them up, they like peel away from the bone or fall off the bone. Uh, that, that this recipe will, will, will do just great. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. You can get really fancy with things like peeling the, the membrane off of the ribs. That's a, that's a thing you do when you're preparing ribs. Uh, but you don't have to. You can just wrap those ribs up pretty much the way you bought them and it'll still be delicious. I, I like eating the membrane. That's one of the best parts. Yeah. <laughs> Insane in the membrane. Okay, so that's a good one. I feel like I need to I need to give a recipe for something. Okay, but, yes. So one thing and this isn't really a recipe. This is just a type of meal, right? But it's a type of meal that I had not eaten regularly, you know, for a long time and then and then coronavirus hit and I was like, "You know what? We deserve to have hot pot." Right? I, do you know what hot pot is? Yes, I think I got sick at eating at the Mongolian hot pot here in Ottawa. <laughs> this is where you have your a boiling pot of oil and then you have all these different raw meats that not, you stick not in. Not oil, water, soup. Oh, okay. So the Mongolian hot pot might be a slightly variation of this. Okay. Right? But in Asian cultures, throughout Asian cultures, there's this thing about hot pot, which is basically like you are at the table and you have like a pot boiling right in front of you at the table. Yeah. Right? So a lot of people will buy like a, you know those camping... Uh, oh, the burners? Yeah, the camp- camping butane burner. Yeah. Right. And set one up on their dinner table. Like we actually have like an actual appliance, like a Japanese hot pot that plugs into the wall, like an electric one. Uh-huh. And it's probably about an inch and a half thick. And you put some water in that and then just let it bring it to a boil and then let it simmer. And then everyone just sits around a table and you just drop in the food that you want cooked. Yeah. Right. It, it takes like 30 seconds to cook, right? So Uh you throw in some vegetables, you throw in some sliced meats. If you go to like a Chinese grocery store, one trip, you can get all the stuff you need. You basically need some like sliced pork, some sliced beef and some seafood, some generally shrimp is not great 
to do for this because the, the shrimp will shrivel up in the water if they're in there too long. Yeah. But we'll put in, uh, it depends on your taste, you know, different, p- different parts of Asia eat hot pots slightly differently. So there are a lot of different varieties of it, but we'll put in fish balls, uh-huh. uh, sometimes a little bit of fish. I will usually make a soup stock for the thing. Yeah. So, you know, we'll start off the hot pot like an hour earlier with some bones just to get the soup going a little bit. Yeah. And then you just throw stuff in. And actually the stuff that you leave in longer and longer tastes so good at the end, right? Yeah. It's just been stewing with all this other flavor, right? Yeah. So as a kid, it was such a treat in our house to have hot pot, you know, like, like once in a blue moon, my mom would be like, okay, we're gonna have hot pot. And I would be like super excited, right? And oh, my mouth I is rare- watering as you're describing this, you know, and it's it's like 1030 at night as we're recording this. And I've already eaten dinner and dessert and my mouth I, is watering. And the thing about hot pot is every Chinese person, every Asian person loves it. Yeah. But it's very difficult for us to transfer this love to a non-Asian person. And I think it's because of this stupid name that it's given, right? Because we call it hot pot. It sounds like a joke, right? Yeah, it sounds like something that's going to get you high. <laughs> the actual name for it in Mandarin is huoguo which literally means huo is fire and guo does mean pot. Yeah. But it sounds so trite when we call it hot pot. It, it, a better translation really would be like, would be like inferno cauldron, you know? <laughs> that, that's what it is, right? Like you're brewing this thing right in front of you and sharing it with, you know, your family or your friends. It's, it's such a great thing. And you have the hot pot going. Yeah. So, and then you can bring in this, like everyone has some specific thing that they themselves like. Like for me, it's like vermicelli, which is like this glass noodle yeah. that you put in at the end. Yeah. And when you're already stuffed, then you need to eat a bowl of noodle <laughs> with it, right? And the other thing that the way we eat it is we have like, every person has like a little dish. So you take the food that's raw, you dip it into the pot. Uh-huh. Once it cooks, you bring it back out and now you wash it in your little bowl that uh-huh. you've prepared your seasonings of your choice. Right. Okay. So if you like soy sauce with a little bit of chili oil with a little bit of green onion, yeah. like you can dip it in that. Like for me, the Taiwanese method is to use something called satay sauce, which is just the best thing in the world. Uh-huh. So I'll have that an egg and some other stuff in my bowl. So every vegetable comes through this sauce at the end. So you're really, you're cooking the meal yourself. You're controlling the sauce that you eat it with. It's just the best thing ever. Right. And you down that with like a cold beer while this thing's boiling in front of you. It's the best. Right. And during COVID, I was like, you know what? We have time for this. Uh I'm going to order the items we need. And you know, we have two small children. Right. So we don't need to have a huge hot pot. Like the thing is when you have guests over in a large gathering of adults the hot pot gets ridiculous okay yes you get like two chinese families together suddenly you have like 18 items on the table and there's two pots going right and it's a mess to clean up but you have a little family of four maybe six right and they don't the kids don't eat a ton you don't need that much you get a couple boxes of the sliced meat in the frozen aisle of the chinese grocery store get some chinese greens various kinds of greens and then a couple special other items that i could list out for you if you needed and there's not much cooking it's just family bonding time sitting at a table eating it's great this sounds great i mean this reminds me of fondue parties that i've been to which i actually okay okay that that's the problem Okay, because I've heard people translate this into Chinese fondue, and th- that <laughs> name also does nothing <laughs> for me, right? I'm, then you're thinking like it's it's cheese, like it's a hot cheese that you're dipping stuff into. This is a cauldron. It's an infernal cauldron. <laughs> well, fondue isn't just cheese. There's you know there's... chocolate. I know there's the dessert one. No, no, no. Right? The, the, you're thinking of the, that, yeah, that type of fondue. But the other type of fondue is it's oil, and you put meats in it. 
Yes, yes. I have heard of that. I've never eaten this, right? But I've been told it's similar to the Infernal Cauldron. So the thing with the Infernal Cauldron, which, you know, the name, you said hoi goi? Huo guo. Huo guo, okay. Yeah. That, that sounds a lot like hot pot, actually. <laughs> Two syllables that almost rhyme. It, it does, it does. <laughs> if the name was something like that would sound like volcano. Boom! But so with that, it's... It's boiling water that's in front of you, and yeah. you're putting the stuff in the boiling water, but then you're fishing it back out again for your individual serving. Yes. You're, you're not making a giant soup in the middle of the table. Well, the soup can be drank, okay. right? So the, the water just keeps boiling. So yeah. as you get to the later stage of it, you can it, the taste of it will, it will start to have a distinct like hot pot flavor, right, okay. of all those meats, yeah. right? So depending on how how game you are for drinking oily liquid at the end, yeah. it is quite tasty, right? But the point of it is not really to drink the water. No. Although variations of, there are different styles of cooking that kind of do the similar thing. Like I've been at restaurants in Asia where the, in the middle of the table, there'll be this clay pot and it has a lid on it. Yeah. And the, the server will heat that take that little pot up so you see the flames and yeah. the thing's just simmering the whole time you're eating so you'll be eating all these other dishes yeah and then the last course they take this lid off so this thing's been cooking in front of you the whole time and it's it, again it's a similar idea there's all these like delicacies that are inside that pot yeah same kind of idea so there's a lot of variations of this and you can play around with it and figure out how you want to do it but yeah. you do have to get comfortable with the fact that something's gonna be cooking right in front of you so if you have really small kids then you kind of have to like really train where they sit and all this stuff yeah but it is a rite of passage for Asians to really get into this item because if you watch any Chinese mobster movies, yeah. they're all sitting in front of the hot pots eating. You know, this uh -huh. is this is the culture thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right, a third degree burn worthy meal. <laughs> I don't know if I've if just from your description I'll be able to figure it all out, but I'm gonna look it up, I think, because this sounds really fun. My my recommendation is to not get the butane like uh, portable stove. Yeah. That thing I do feel is kind of like, you know, using it indoors in your house, not right. necessarily super safe. Yeah. So actually there is a, there is a Western item that my parents used to use for hot pot. It was just like a, a skillet, like a plug in skillet okay. that you could fry eggs with and it would plug into the wall. Yeah. That item that has about an inch and a half on the side can yeah. be used as a hot pot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, now this is one of these things where it's a real shame that it that we're stuck in this coronavirus pandemic because this would be great if my family and your family get together and you could just like show us how it's done this would be great. absolutely next time you're in toronto after the pandemic we will do do up one of these and All then right. we'll have burgers the time after that uh, okay i'm putting that in my calendar 2025 we're coming to <laughs> toronto to do this well that's this is a great episode for getting my appetite going <laughs> We aim to please. <laughs> well, I hope people enjoyed that episode. And if if people like listening to this, we, you know, we can always hit up people up for some more ideas about food at some point in the future. Yeah, actually, that's a good idea. Uh, any listener who actually has the ability to contact us should send <laughs> us uh, a recipe that they think a dad could make. And we should have an episode where we'll just read out all these recipes. We'll try <laughs> them first and then we'll come and tell people how it went. Absolutely. You can always hit me up on Twitter at, at Dr. Is it at Dr. Dave Shu. You're sure about that? You said <laughs> You can always hit me up on my Twitter at Dr. Dave Shu, or you can go to the medicaldads.com website. We do have an email address that I hardly ever check, but it is up there. 
And there's also, don't forget the Medical Dad Super Fan WhatsApp group. <laughs> there's only three people on it. <laughs> we'll get some good Hindu recipes from that. You meant three million people on it, right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> if you're listening and you're not on it, what's wrong with you? <laughs> all right. Well, thanks to all our loyal listeners. Hope you enjoy making your meals for your kids this week. Let's keep, <laughs> let's keep the kitchen warm. Keep the kitchen warm. That's our new sign-off tag. <laughs> See you next week. And in the meantime, keep the kitchen warm. Bye, folks. <laughs>